Hey everybody, before we get into the show, I wanted to let you know we've got another live show coming up. We will be back at Maya Cinemas on Thursday, May 23rd for Furiosa, the latest in the Mad Max series. We are so excited for this one. Joining me to talk about it, we've got Sam Novak, Shahab Zargari, and Tony Gonzalez. A great lineup. It's going to be an awesome movie. We are so excited to talk about it. So make sure to check the show notes. There are opportunities to win tickets. You could also buy tickets. And we hope to see you there Thursday, May 23rd, 6 p.m. at Maya Cinemas for Furiosa. Alright, welcome to another episode of Piecing It Together, the podcast where we take a look at a new movie and try to figure out what movies inspired it. And I'm excited about this one today because this is probably my favorite movie I've watched this year so far. It's called The Kid Detective, starring Adam Brody, written and directed by Evan Morgan. It's this kind of send-up of the uh, private eye detective kind of movie, uh, but with a guy who used to be a famous kid detective who's now grown up and still coasting on his previous accomplishments, but is finally faced with a actual grown-up case to solve a grisly murder and uh it's it's great it's so much fun i i hope more people discover this movie if you haven't watched it yet make sure to go check it out before you get into this conversation um because i want more people to watch this movie but uh and we do of course get into some spoilers so with me today to talk about this movie is josh bell you know him from Awesome Movie Year. You know him from this show. He's been on a whole bunch lately, actually. But uh, Josh is here again, and I always love having Josh on the show. And before we get into that conversation, I want to remind you, as always, to make sure you are subscribed to Piecing It Together on your podcast app of choice. You can rate and review us over on Apple Podcasts or Podchaser. If you're enjoying the show, I'd love to know what you're thinking. So uh, definitely do that. And you can follow us on social media at PiecingPod or join our Facebook group, Popcorn and Puzzle Pieces. And don't forget, we also have a Patreon, the Produced by David Rosen Patreon, where I post bonus content, advanced episodes of Piecing It Together. Uh, we've got a new special awesome movie year episode going to be posting there soon, as well as more of my uh, album commentaries that I promised a while back and never got around to posting, but those are coming real soon. So lots of great stuff going up on the Patreon. So check that out, patreon.com slash by David Rosen. So that is that, and let's get into The Kid Detective. <music> All right, so Josh Bell is back with us again. Josh, how's it going? Oh, not too bad. How about you? I'm doing great. I am uh, I am entering the second month of 2021 with the same vigor I had at the beginning of 2021, which is not so, much vigor. No, I was, I was just going to say, so none, right? Yeah, yeah I, I'm trying, though. I'm, tr I'm trying to wake up and get excited. I mean, there are lots of good movies. And, and the reason I say that, aside from it being true, is that this movie we're about to talk about invigorated me a little bit because I loved it so damn much. All right. Yeah, I liked it, too. And this was a movie that people kind of slept on, I guess, a little yeah. me included uh, when it came out in theaters last year. I remember the week that it opened. 
I had heard nothing about it. I just saw the listings on Fandango and I thought, mm -hmm. what is this movie? And I assumed it was some kind of a small, no budget, nothing production that we're getting suddenly opening in theaters these days because theaters will take anything. Right, um, right. And it is a small production, but it's definitely not uh, on that kind of scale that I was imagining it. So it was it was an unexpected uh, delight. Yeah, absolutely. And and yeah, I was looking forward to it for quite a while. I mean, obviously, I hadn't heard about it either until it got that little theatrical run. But then it's like, unlike, and we were just talking about this before we started recording about St. Maud, but like, unlike a lot of movies where they get these little theatrical runs since pandemic, but then already have the VOD release plans like a week or two weeks or at most a month later or something like that. This movie had absolutely nothing on the horizon. I was checking like over and over again. And then all of a sudden it was like, Oh, it's finally out. Yeah. They gave it the full traditional window. I mean, they played in theaters for a decent amount of time, a normal amount of time. And then it was gone for, what we used to think of as the normal amount of time right. until it was uh, finally out uh, on VOD. And I don't know if it's, uh, I think it's Sony who released this and maybe they're yeah. one of the only ones who are still sticking with those uh, windows. I think they might've done that for a couple of the other movies that they released last year, like Yellow Rose and hmm. um, that Richard Jenkins one where he worked at a fast food restaurant. Uh, the Last Shift, I think that was called. That sounds um, interesting. I haven't seen that. I didn't see that one. <laughs> I saw Yellow Rose, which was which was nice. It's worth seeing. Uh, yeah. But all of those were theatrical releases that, like this one, I think maybe did get the full window of time. So I don't know how that's working out for them, but whatever. Everyone's just trying what they can try, basically. But, so uh, true. Well, why don't we start getting into some puzzle pieces here? We'll get into more of uh, what this movie is all about along the way. But uh, what do you got for your first puzzle piece for The Kid Detective? Well, my first one is probably the most obvious one and that was mentioned in reference to this movie in almost every review. It's uh, Mystery Team, which mm -hmm. has a very, very similar premise, um, although treated much more comedically. And it's uh, it's a group of characters who used to be these kid detectives. They solved crimes when they were kids. They had a little club and now they're all grown up, but uh, they're still fixated on the idea of solving crimes. And uh, in that movie, they treat it as if they sort of haven't grown up, like they're still very immature and naive and mm. they don't understand the way the world works, um, which is not the case here in The Kid Detective. I mean, he may be kind of holding on to his past glory, but he's clearly an adult that understands adult right. things. Um, but that's part of the sort of the source of the comedy in that movie that they and that they then end up in this very seedy case that they're trying to solve. <laughs> right. It uh, goes against all of their weird, wholesome values. And it's a fun movie. I feel like it's one of those movies because it comes from a comedy sketch group that probably would have been a great comedy sketch and is maybe not quite a great feature film, but mm. it still has a lot of fun stuff. And Donald Glover is the most famous member of that group who, of course, went on to do a lot of bigger things, but he's he's funny. So I'm I, I would think that you probably thought of this one as well. Surprisingly, I've never seen it, but oh, okay. I, I saw it mentioned in a lot of the reviews and I'm actually planning on watching it this weekend. I'm like really excited to see this movie. It sounds uh, sounds like it's going to be a lot of fun. It's totally up your alley. I feel like, you know, with with all of the things that we've gotten from you on Awesome Movie Year about your uh, <laughs> your picks that we end up watching, this is 100% within that realm. 
Awesome. Awesome. Well, I'll go for my first pick. This is the first thing that kind of came to mind for me once I started watching the movie, and that is Shane Black's The Nice Guys, which is a movie, as you know, I absolutely love. I think is probably the funniest movie of the last 10 years. And it's just this, just this great example of private eyes just not being great at their job but kind of fumbling their way through it and saving the day and uh succeeding anyway and the jokes in this movie and the kid detective it is a very dry movie and i I could see where some people uh would you know kind of not like really dig into the the particular brand of comedy but there's so much funny in this if if it's on your wavelength i guess like there's so many quick little bits and pieces and like there's visual gags there's big swing for the fences jokes there's just a lot of funny baked into this movie and it's just a matter of getting on its wavelength to like really find all of it and i feel like that's you know kind of in that shane black tradition of just quick zippy one-liners and little just so many little things just baked into it for you to find and uh i i just love it i love that kind of thing yeah that's a very i mean i i like that movie a lot too it's it's a lot of fun and um i'm not sure if the kid detective is quite as like quick-witted as Mm. a shane black movie i mean that's okay that's not a problem it's like you said it's a bit drier i think it's it's not as fast paced and zippy with the jokes or uh as a Shane Black movie, but um, definitely I can I can see that uh, that link there. And the Nice Guys is uh, is great. Oh yeah, so good. And and I will say that a lot of the things I just said are going to work their way into some of my other puzzle pieces. But why don't we move on to your next piece, though? All right. Well, yeah, I think I I also eventually came up with a, a bunch of things that were kind of similar, but that's okay. Um, yes. So my next <laughs> piece is one that I've brought up before on this show, and that is Ryan Johnson's Brick which sure. is, uh, of course, a combination of the teen drama, the high school set teen drama, and the hard-boiled neo-noir. And Brick is not a comedy, although it it is amusing in its way, in part just because of the juxtaposition of the genres. Sure. Um, and it has a teenage main character. But in a weird way, you could imagine the main character from Brick growing up to be the kid detective, to be oh, the yeah. character in this movie. And I Absolutely. think as... As much as the kid detective is funny, as as you say, and it's got a lot of jokes, and it's um, it's a comedy. It's uh, it's also quite dark in many mm-hmm. ways, and it 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 certainly follows in that noir tradition, um, in that hard boiled tradition. Even if the dialogue isn't as as stylized as the dialogue in Brick, so mm-hmm. um, I think there's that connection here. And again, the idea of like sort of um, mixing those genres or putting something that people think of as frivolous into a genre that's very serious and how they combine, I think is something that Brick does well. Sure. Yeah. And Brick was on my list as well. And it, you know, I think one other thing to add to that, you know, you mentioned about, you know, how dark this movie does get. And I think that the idea of setting it in, you know, a a world that's predominantly filled with kids because this is set around the school, uh, you know, that really just, helps to amplify just how dark this thing gets once we get into the ending and, you know, finally solving the mystery and, you know, holy shit, they went there, you know, and, and it really just, it probably wouldn't be as dark of a movie if it was all grown ups. It's like, that just makes it, you know, extra. Right. Exactly. And the fact that he could have taken on a murder case 
uh, of adults being murdered in this movie, yeah. but the way that it connects back to the school and it's a case that's brought to him by a teenager certainly amplifies that. So I will go on to another piece here. And so I'm going to go with The Big Lebowski for my next pick. Uh, another movie from this tradition of these kind of neo-noir, like, like inspired by all of these classic detective movies, but with a protagonist who's not your traditional you know, classic detective mystery uh, protagonist. And the dude is this guy who kind of like just lives in this perpetual adolescence in the big Lebowski with no intentions of growing up. I, I feel like Abe, the, the Adam Brody character here in the kid detective, he wants so badly to grow up and it's kind of the opposite in a way, but he's just kind of, you know, stuck just, he probably isn't good enough really to be that next stage of being a grown-up detective and that's why he's stuck in this uh this kind of routine that he's found himself in and at the end of the movie you know this ending which i think is just absolutely perfect and i mean we'll probably spoil it along the way in this conversation you know spoilers always on piecing it together but you know i just think it ends so perfectly where he's just so not ready for what he has just you know not only uncovered in the case itself but in himself being a part of that kind of a process he's just he's just not ready for that and i love that so much and and the big lebowski is kind of almost the opposite in a way but still living in the same kind of world right yeah lebowski never really like succumbs to any sort of despair he's always no. the dude yeah, at, at every the moment, abides. no, yeah, he abides. Abe is not able to abide. I think no. is is what happens <laughs> here. But right, and it's funny. It's like you're saying he wants to grow up, but he doesn't really. He only wants to grow up if he can be like a grown up detective. You know, he yes. wants people to take him seriously as a detective and give him real adult cases. But he doesn't want to grow up in the sense of giving up his childhood dream of being a detective and right. doing something else as everyone, uh, you know, his parents and so many people around him encourage him to do. So, yeah. I mean, I think that there's that kind of mix. It's like a very specific kind of maturity that he wants or adult respect that he wants in only this one way. One of my favorite, like, jokes about, like, that, that maturity level of the character is how he's always like at least two or three times I think is giving up basically his his cases that he's working on when he's like straight up saying like I'm not supposed to tell this but of course he does because you know he probably wants validation or whatever you know right he really wants that he wants everyone to respect him the way they respected him when he was 12 years old and yeah. have not since then it's very so much funny. so. Uh, that's such a great character. I just think it's so funny. Uh, but what do you got for your next piece? Uh, okay, so my next piece is Veronica Mars, and okay. which of course is a TV show. Um, and I and there's a lot in Veronica Mars, the TV show, that's similar to this, and and also similar to Brick. And it has this this teenage protagonist who is thrust into this grown-up world. She's a young detective and all of that. But I'm specifically thinking more of the Veronica Mars movie, which hmm. takes place many years after she has been the teenage detective. She is now an adult and has returned after 10 years away to her hometown, and everyone expects her to solve a crime. And Veronica Mars, uh, the character has matured more, I think, than Abe has, you know, when when we see her in this movie. 
and is taken seriously more as an adult detective. As um, women usually do, by the way. <laughs> yes. But yeah. it went, you know, often are what may not be taken seriously, however. Um, True. But she is taken seriously. I think she's gone. It's been a while since I saw it. Um, but I think she's gone to law school and she's she's sort of moved on. She's had that growing up that Abe doesn't have. And now mm-hmm. but now she's drawn back into this world that she was in as a teenager with all the people that she used to know, all the people she went to school with who remember her as the teen detective. And now she's got to solve this crime. So, I mean, I think you could take Veronica Mars as a whole, but specifically the Veronica Mars movie. Awesome. Yeah, I've never actually watched the Veronica Mars series or movie, but I mean, obviously, I'm sure it's very influential on a lot of filmmakers coming up right now. Like, that is just such a beloved show and character and all of that. Yeah, and they did a good job, I think, of, I mean, they brought it back for that movie, and then they brought it back again not that long ago for another, like, mini-series, and mm-hmm. it was one of those things where you think, should we really bring this back? I don't know, is it, is it going to be as good? But I feel like they've done a good job of progressing her as a character, just like I was saying, she's not just the same person doing the same things, but it's still got a similar tone. So I, I would recommend Veronica Mars. That's cool. And, th- and that's a, uh, that's a good thing that a lot of, um, TV shows come movies don't always get right. You know, having the character do something new other than just trying to recapture the series. Right. I mean, there was a lot of that too, believe me. You know, if you watch that movie, <laughs> it was a, yeah. it was a crowdfunded movie. So it was mm. all like fans who made it happen and it has Tons of callbacks and a bunch of characters who probably didn't need to appear, but appeared because fans love them. But it still, I think, does progress the character. Sure. So I'll go to another piece here. And I'm pretty sure I used the Big Lebowski as a puzzle piece on this movie when we did the episode. Uh, But it's Under the Silver Lake, uh, which is a movie that I just absolutely love. I know it kind of uh, splits people kind of down the middle as far as whether people like it or not. Uh, but you know, again, it comes from this, you know, tradition of detective movies, noir, neo-noir detective style movies, but with a protagonist who is just not really cut out for the job. Uh, and after a woman appears in his life, ends up on this, you know, path through various secrets and digging deeper into this whole world he's getting himself mixed up in and, and totally out of his depth. And I, I came to realize while like, kind of putting my puzzle pieces together and after loving this movie so much this is like my genre like i i love these movies you know all three of these uh to a lesser extent inherit vice but i did just rewatch that recently and i mean it's just such a fun genre for 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 comedy but with like an actual story to like get behind too yeah i still haven't seen under the silver lake but i i'm i want to i meant to see it you know, it was a, a, a catch up at the end of the year for 2019, I think it was, right? Um, yeah. And it just never, I never got around to it. And then it just kind of fell by the wayside and it's long and I haven't gotten into it. But I do want to yeah. watch it. I'm very curious because like you say, it's extremely polarizing. People oh, hate yeah. it and people like you love it. So I'm curious. Uh, I'm definitely curious to see that. I will say to that point, uh, a friend of the show, Joe Black, said that the Kid Detective does everything under the silver lake was trying to do um but does it better so all right and take that for what it is yes and much shorter yeah (laughs) (laughs) so what do you got for your next piece well i'm not sure i did you 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 just mentioned inherent vice is that your piece Mm -hmm. i don't want to step on that no go for it is that yours well i was going to say inherent vice but i wasn't sure if you was that was sort of like encompassed in what you had just said 
Absolutely. No, go for it. Go for it. So Inherent Vice is is a piece. And and I think it 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 just as you like be, you mentioned it because it has a lot of the similarities to the things that you're talking about with Under the Silver Lake and with the Big Lebowski. Um and it's it's consciously, I mean, I think that both the novel, the Thomas Pynchon novel, which I haven't read, but um that and the movie are drawing on that tradition of these, you know, private eye movies and the the noir detective. Um, and certainly the idea of the detective who gets in over his head, you know, mm -hmm. who is really only equipped to take on these very small time cases and yeah. just goes for it anyway. And it is quickly, uh, unable to handle what he's stepped into. Um, right. But, you know, again, the guy who's like, he's kind of a slacker. He lives in this semi-squalor. Nobody respects him. Um, and I actually, I, I'm I'm very mixed on Paul Thomas Anderson overall. But mm -hmm. um, I, I like Inherent Vice a lot. It's, it's you know, one of my favorite of his movies, in part because it's so goofy and silly. And right. one, one thing that the Kid Detective doesn't really do in the noir tradition is make the plot so insanely convoluted that you can no longer follow it. Right. It's really pretty basic, the plot yeah. of this movie. And there aren't a ton of suspects. And pretty much every suspect is dealt with. Either we know that we either they did it or they didn't do it. And it's very clear. Um, mm -hmm. And Inherent Vice is one of those movies where I think halfway through, I was like, okay, I don't have any idea what's happening. And that's okay. And mm. I think that's really the only way to watch that movie. <laughs> um, but I think especially in terms of the main character, like I could see, uh, I could see Joaquin Phoenix playing the kid detective. Oh, totally. He would be a great pick for this uh, this role. And and I love Adam Brody, though. I think he's great. I mean, as we know from the Awesome Movie Year episode on the 10, I, I love him in that. And and whenever he just pops up in little things, he's always so much fun. Uh, but what was that one movie a uh, couple of years ago that he was in um, uh, with Samara Weaving? I'm drawing a blank on the name. Oh, Ready of or Not? Ready or Not. He was so, so much fun in that. I love when he pops up in things and he never gets to lead a role like this, lead a movie like this. Right. No, I agree. He's underrated. I wasn't saying they should replace him with Joaquin. Oh, yeah. I, I think <laughs> I think he's really good in this. And hey, I've liked him since the OC. I almost put the yeah. OC on my list here because he was great in that. And I've always felt like he deserves better. <laughs> nice. Nice. Well, uh, I got one more piece on my list. And I know we've talked about how uh, the movie isn't maybe, you know, constant laugh out loud funny, you know, it's definitely darker. And like I said, it's, it's drier and stuff like that. But there are a lot of those like little sight and visual gags and stuff like that in this movie. So I wanted to use the naked gun as a puzzle piece as well on this one, um, because there's just so many little things. Um, just as an example, I love that his office door has written on it detective, but it's not centered because obviously at some point it said kid detective and they, you know, clean the word kid off of the door. Right. Like little bits like that are just so Zucker like comedy, like just so silly and ridiculous. I started writing down. I was like, there's so many little bits and pieces that are just making me die laughing because they're just so ridiculous. And so I, I definitely got a little bit of that spoof feel from this, even though it's not, totally light light-hearted you know humor the whole way right right mystery team definitely has more of that vibe although it also gets uh weirdly dark but in a more humorous <laughs> way um, right. uh but certainly and i think one of the great things about this movie is that you can look at it especially in the first part and think it's like a spoof almost mm -hmm. and then it really 
deepens with the characters and the story and everything, but not in a way where you think what happened to this movie or why, why did it change? Right. Um, right. I think that's a very effective thing that this movie does and that the Zucker brothers would not, I can't imagine ever taking uh Lieutenant Frank Drebin seriously. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Although, um, you know, another point to that is we've talked a bunch. We talked about it on Awesome Movie Year. I think we've talked about it here on Piecing It Together before, but the spoof genre is so difficult to come by lately. I mean, I'll take a, a light entry into the uh, spoof genre where it's just a li- little bits and pieces. Uh, th- that's something, at least. Right. I mean, and maybe that Zucker Brothers approach just doesn't really work anymore. And that's, you know, right. there is a time for it and it's passed. And that's why the the movies that take that approach are the ones that are the worst and yeah. the movies that that try to take it in a different direction are the ones that work because they're doing it you know in a way that works now i don't know absolutely what do you got next do you have any more pieces i have four more so i don't oh, know wow. if you want me to do them all hey you know what it, go for them Let, let's let's go you could like kind of uh go through them relatively quickly I, i'll i'll cap my uh reactions a little bit Okay. Um, so, well, like I said, I do have uh, ones that are kind of similar, so I'll, I can I can bunch them. So okay. two, t- two TV series about hipsters playing detective. First is Bored to Death, which oh, I, I think is- I should have put that on my list. It's so I underrated. Were death. you a fan of that? I love that show, yeah. Yeah, it's so much fun. And so, so Jason Schwartzman, who was the star of Bored to Death, another person who totally could have played- the kid oh, detective. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and uh, that he's a he's a writer who decides he's going to sort of like semi ironically become a private detective as research for a book. Uh, but of course, he never I don't know if he ever even writes a book in the whole show. I don't, I don't think so. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, he gets really into being a detective. And uh, you, you, Ted Danson is so who is I mean, a national treasure and has gotten a lot of uh, deserved renewed acclaim for the good place, but underrated performance on board to death as uh, the, is it like the publisher or some, some boss figure who gets, yeah, also I think really it was a publisher. It. Yeah. And so he just funny. gets really into the idea of, of Jason Schwartzman's character becoming a detective and Zach Galifianakis who plays his friend and they're always stoned. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's the kind of thing that like should not work, but I, it was only like three seasons of, you know, eight episodes or something each. It's very short, but um, it was a lot of fun. I feel like that's the best puzzle piece we've had so far on this because it really does work so well. And I mean, that that character is just so immature, but he's just playing in this world that's like, like so much more grown up than him. You know, it's just, it's great. And he doesn't have the excuse of having been a 12-year-old superstar. He's just this narcissistic writer. Yes, yes. <laughs> but I suppose he's also, I mean, I'm trying to remember the details, but isn't he sort of re- trying to recapture his past glory too? Because he had like a successful book that he can't follow up or something like that. Right, right. Yeah. Such a great show. I need to it revisit is. that. Uh, I hope it's on HBO Max now and people can watch it because Probably. It, des- it deserves attention. Also a TV show that's also on HBO Max, uh, Search Party which is more, I guess I would say uh, more cynical or maybe not that's the right word, more, more mean-spirited about mm. its characters. Um, I think this movie has a lot of sympathy for Abe, even though he's kind of a sad figure. And right. in Search Party, you have these, these four hipsters who in the first season of the show, they decide they're going to solve the case of uh, a missing person's case of 
a friend of theirs or really just like an acquaintance of theirs from college who's gone missing. And they are not into the idea of being detectives really or trying to take be taken seriously. It's really a very self-involved thing for them because they don't have any direction in their lives. And then the show goes in like way crazy directions as it goes on and on. Um, but I think especially in the first season, it has that dry deadpan humor and the idea of these sort of like immature, uh, stunted hipster types attempting to solve a mystery, even though they really don't know anything about how to solve mysteries or mm -hmm. why. <laughs> so, right. uh, and I, I, I like Search Party a lot, as, you know, even as it's gone in, like I said, a lot of crazy, weird, not always fruitful directions in its later seasons. But the first season especially, I think, uh, connects here. I still haven't watched Search Party, but if I ever make time for TV ever again, <laughs> uh, it's, it's on the top of my list. It's a good one. And those those episodes are short and the seasons are fairly short, too. So it's 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 easy to get through. And honestly, this one, I, I enjoy the later seasons, but you could watch the first season and it has a very strong ending and then just be done and yeah. be completely satisfied, I think. Yeah. <laughs> it's a good plan right there. There you go. Try that. <laughs> So what else do you got? Okay, so and then two more movies that two movies that also relate, one of which we talked about on Awesome Movie Year, uh, mm. which is Robert Benton's The Late Show, um, starring sure. Art Carney. Um, and he's sort of the older generation version of this. He's an adult detective. He was a, an adult detective who was very <laughs> successful and is now a senior citizen trying to sort of recapture the glory of his days as an adult detective and encounters this young woman played by Lily Tomlin, who sort of rejuvenates his enthusiasm for mystery solving and gets him in over his head in this crazy caper with lots of twists and turns. And it's funny and it's comedic, but it's also serious. And it features this very kind of tragic character at its core played really well by Art Carney. Yeah, I was going to say, it's also a movie that rides that line between like slapstick, almost spoof, but then also being an actual mystery. Right. And I think it does that very well. It's You can be satisfied with the mystery and really sympathize with the characters, but it's also funny and you laugh at it throughout. I mean, Lily Tomlin is hilarious. Of oh, course. yeah. Absolutely. Um, and another movie right from around the same time that I think we may have talked about on that episode is Robert Altman's The Long Goodbye with mm. Elliot Gould as... Um, uh, is it uh, Sam Spade, the uh, the detective, the, the famous guy? Like, I'm trying. To, is it Philip Marlowe or Sam Spade, the the famous noir detective, the Raymond Chandler right. character? Um, but Altman takes that novel, which was written and takes place in the 40s, and sets it in the 70s. But the character is still behaves as if he's a detective from the 40s, essentially. Mm. And so it's that sort of person out of place and out of time, and trying to be taken seriously and all of that. And it has its own convoluted story. Um, but I think both of those movies that came out, you know, around the same time or within a year or two of each other, were trying to sort of uh, interrogate that idea of the, the noir and the private eye story from the 1940s, um, which in a way this does too. Yeah, I, I've never seen The Long Goodbye, but I know, like I was saying earlier, like I feel like this is my genre. I feel like that's like squarely in that genre. Yeah, it is. And I think you would hopefully, uh, I think you would enjoy it. Yeah, I got to watch that sometime soon. Well, I will go ahead and do the finished puzzle and then we'll get into some closing thoughts here. Uh, finished puzzle for the Kid Detective includes Mystery Team, The Nice Guys, Brick, The Big Lebowski, Veronica Mars, Under the Silver Lake, 
Inherent Vice, Naked Gun, Bored to Death, Search Party, The Late Show, and The Long Goodbye. So, uh, like I said, I was just saying about this particular genre. I mean, it just, I love this kind of movie just because there, there's something to seek your teeth into with the actual mystery, like the actual story. There's something, it's not just, you know, gags or anything like that, but it's also so funny. And I mean, this character, I just think is such a, such a rich character with so much going for it because you could just tell just how out of depth he is, you know, and it's just, trying so hard to to stay above water and i just think that that's such a fascinating thing to watch yeah i didn't like it as much as you did just because you seem to have oh i love it gone crazy for it um, <laughs> yeah. but i liked it a lot i mean i wasn't i had heard positive things but i i was kind of unsure and i watched this uh as, as sort of a last minute scramble when i was trying to find something to uh to recommend in my weekly tv uh segment um, and so I was just like, I hope this isn't terrible. That was really right. my, my only <laughs> yeah. thought about it. Like I need to be able to say something positive. Um, and I had a lot of fun with it. I, I enjoyed it. Uh, like I said, I think Adam Brody is underrated. I hope maybe the minor level of acclaim that this movie has gotten will allow him to get some more decent roles. Yeah. And, um, I'm not, you know, I'm not familiar with the directors at Evan, Stone is that his name? I may have uh, Evan Morgan. Evan Morgan. There you go. Evan something. Yeah, that was he made one other movie, The Dirties, which I haven't seen. Uh, but Joe Black told me is really good, so I got to well, watch it. <laughs> I don't know if that's a good or bad thing. But, Joe, uh, Joe likes a lot of very weird movies. For he sure. does indeed. Um, <laughs> but I mean, based on this movie, I look forward to seeing what he does next. Um, so yeah, I would recommend it. It's you know, as we said, it had that full theatrical release but who's going to theaters right now so if you maybe forgot about it it's now on vod and it's definitely worth a rental absolutely well josh uh what is another movie you watch recently you'd like to recommend to our listeners so i'm gonna recommend why not the other movie that i recommended alongside this one in my tv segment the week that it opened um it was a movie that I also reviewed in my VOD column uh, at Crooked Marquee where I usually try to find really like small marginal movies to focus on. And I hadn't realized how much this movie would appeal to weirdos. Apparently it's called <laughs> PG Psycho Goreman. It was recently out on VOD. And I, I think it's one of these movies that like obviously is engineered to have a cult following and right. a lot of times I find that really annoying, but I think this movie is a lot of fun. Um, it, the idea here is that these these two young kids, and it's also in a weird way like The Kid Detective in that it puts kids in this grown-up context. These two right. kids uncover this ancient evil alien who uh, you know, is, is, is intent on destroying humanity, but because this little girl has this gem that controls him, instead she like makes him play games with them and um, you know, become their friend and tag along with them everywhere. Um, and But he's this giant monster and is, uh, you know, very violent. <laughs> And it doesn't shy away from that. And this little girl is essentially a sociopath. So she might jump rope with him, but then also have him tear some people's arms off. Um, nice. And it has this very kitschy uh, tone with all of these practical effects. I mean, it looks like Mighty Morphin Power Rangers or or like a trauma movie with these mm -hmm. low budget, but very creatively produced costumes and sets. And there's a whole alien subplot about the 
people who are trying to, or not people, the aliens who are trying to come stop Psycho Goreman because he's been awakened. And like Mystery Team, it probably would have been better if it was like 20 minutes long. Um, (laughs) But it's still, it's still a lot of fun. It's the kind of movie that if you watch the trailer and you think, I would love this, you will love it. (laughs) Yeah, I I haven't watched it yet, but believe me, it's high up on my list of things to watch (laughs) very soon because it looks, uh, it looks completely ridiculous and I can't wait. It is. It's, it's fun. It's not as much fun the whole time, but it's still, I still, I do recommend it. Check it out. And I think it's also eventually going to be on Shudder. If you don't want to pay it for VOD, if you subscribe to that, maybe in like a month or two, it'll be there as well. Awesome. Awesome. Well, Josh, uh, as always, this was great. Why don't you tell people about uh, everything you're up to and Awesome Movie Year? So many things. Um, <laughs> so Awesome Movie Year is, well, I think this will be out soonish. So we're, we're still wrapping up our season on the films of 1984, which mm-hmm. has been a lot of fun. And we've talked about a lot of big blockbustery things. Uh, we recently just put out our episode on Dave's pick, which was Ghostbusters. So mm-hmm. uh, that was a good time. And that's at awesomemovieyear.com. It's at Awesome Movie Year on Facebook and Instagram and at Awesome Movie Pod on Twitter. And uh, check my stuff out at joshbellhateseverything.com. There are a couple things there right now. And uh, Josh Bell Hates Everything on Facebook and at Signal Bleed on Twitter. And uh, as alluded to, if you're in Las Vegas, you can watch me on Fridays on KTNV Channel 13 on the 11 a.m. news where I do things like tell people to watch Psycho Gorman (laughs) on the local news, which is great. I would like to do a special episode of the podcast where I interview the random people that took your advice and watched this movie. (laughs) I would love to know. I haven't gotten any feedback from that yet, but that would be amazing. (laughs) Well, Josh, as always, thanks so much for uh, being here and look forward to getting you back on the show again someday soon. Yeah, can't wait. Hey, guys. I'm Sarah. And I'm Stephanie. And we're the hosts of Dead Time Stories. Dead Time Stories, with a Z, is a weekly podcast where we tell you stories of ghosts, hauntings, mysteries, conspiracies, the supernatural, paranormal, the generally eerie, spooky, and all around weird. If you like scary stories, witty banter, and classy broads, we're your ghouls. Gals. Gals. Some of our stories include Eastern State Penitentiary. No. And where is it? Does it so much 12? The Gettysburg Dime Museum. They were like, show starts at five, Mr. President. He was like, thank you, five. No, 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 seven. He was like, thank you, five. <laughs> Fort Mifflin. So the Americans burned down their own fort. They were like, oh, you, 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 want, this? you want this? Come Come and get welcome it. to Philly. <laughs> and more. New episodes are posted Thursdays at midnight on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, and Stitcher. Listen and subscribe, rate and review today. All right, so I hope you enjoyed that conversation about the kid detective. Like I said at the top of the show, if you haven't seen it yet, make sure to go watch it. It's such a fun movie, and I am looking forward to watching it again soon. So uh, that does it for today. Thank you, as always, to Josh Bell for joining me for that one. And for everyone listening out there, if you ever want to you know, get in touch, either you've got some puzzle pieces you think we missed, or maybe you want to join me for an episode, I'm always looking for new co-hosts. 
definitely get in touch. You can, of course, tweet at us at PiecingPod or join our Facebook group, Popcorn and Puzzle Pieces, or go to my website, PiecingPod.com, and you can contact me through there. I always love hearing from people, hearing how they're enjoying the show and their thoughts on everything we're doing here. So definitely get in touch. And don't forget to get subscribed wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, there's the Patreon, produced by David Rosen, with lots of great content from Piecing It Together, Awesome Movie Year, My Music Career, and plenty more coming soon. So, lots of cool stuff over on the Patreon for you to check out. So, that does it for today. Let's close this thing out with a piece of music. And I think I am going to go with... For this one, for this neo-noir style film, I am going to go with the music from a short film that was actually co-written by Josh Bell and his awesome movie year co-host, Jason Harris, uh, called Rick Thunder, that I did the music for. This was a couple years ago. It's been playing in the festival circuit. And uh, this is the noir style music that I made for it. So this is Rick Thunder. I'll be sure to uh, share a link whenever it's available for everybody to check out online and uh, enjoy it. And we'll be back with more Piecing It Together coming up real soon.
an All Points West production, produced by David Rosen in Las Vegas.